Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. I wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, some of the audio chain stuff that I've been trying to put together in the podcasting studio that I've been been uh, been building, I guess. But it's kind of fun. It's uh, it's just kind of cool putting the, the different pieces together. I've been trying to use uh, Cakewalk sonar more, and actually that's what I'm recording into right now, as a matter of fact. Um, which is kind of cool. I like uh, using the program. It's uh, it's been kind of interesting to to use it a bit. Um, oh, whoa, interesting. I see what I'm doing a little bit more. Or just kind of checking out like how stuff sort of moves around in it. But uh, yeah, now I'm seeing it's over on this other track. And then if you hear that, that's the keyboard coming in. So what I've been trying to figure out how to do is do some multi-tracking stuff in sonar with the audio interface that I have. So I have a, a two input, two output USB interface with the H4n. Uh, so this cool the H4n you can take out, you know, in the field and record anywhere with the batteries and stuff just onto the SD card, which is how I've been doing a bunch of stuff. But you can also use it uh, with the XLR inputs to do a left-right input uh, into the computer. It's like a two-track, um, I don't know, it's a two-track piece. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. You can just, uh, yeah, just, uh, I don't know, have it put in and have it work out or, uh, you know, have it uh, connected to the computer uh, and then have it be the audio interface. I've also got this uh, this 25-key M-Audio keyboard here, too. And I have it hooked up to a Cakewalk also with some piano plug-in. It's a warm pad or something, some synth effect thing. Right now, I'm trying to figure out some way to make it like a cool soundboard or something like that. would be fun. It's probably just annoying in the background. But, uh, but yeah. That's the stuff that I have been working on in the studio, thinking about mixers and arms and control pads and stuff, but it's kind of fun stuff. So I've been checking out the IPFS network. I've been talking about it a few times before here on the podcast, but it stands for Interplanetary File System. It's kind of a a cool way of uh, sort of uh, creating a distributed hash table network. I don't know how it works. It's it's something where it's like a distributed network instead of uh, having like a server system. Um, So I've been trying to set that up. It's pretty complicated, but you can go to um, Sidereus and download a program called Orion. And that's like a a browser that you can use to upload and then download, uh, you know, send files back and forth over the IPFS network. Uh, which is pretty cool. It's kind of interesting. So I downloaded it on a couple computers here at home, and I was trying to uh, use this um, this key to connect the two of the nodes together so you could kind of uh, create uh, like a direct connection in the network. Uh, and I was trying to do this with a couple other computers I had around the house too to, to do some stuff. But uh, but yeah, the IPFS stuff is pretty interesting. I've been trying to put up um, some some media stuff onto that over the last couple of days. I've been using a site called dsounds.com audio and i'm trying to upload a bunch of mp3 files of uh, my podcasts and it's just kind of interesting to check it out but yeah it's, it looks uh, like a lot like soundcloud or something when you'd use it but instead of any of those files existing on a website's server they exist distributed across the world the united states i don't know how, how far it's really distributed yet um, but those files are distributed on different computers so it can be reproduced uh, from from different areas of the network it's interesting. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious how it works. Uh, I'm also using this uh, video program or video website called uh, D.Tube. I think is what it is. It's supposed to really just be like a YouTube clone, and it works 
uh, pretty well. It's it's not, I think, uh, the full resolution uh, and flow that YouTube is. But really, as it goes, it's it's quite far along for what you would think to do with it. I've also been checking out uh, BitChute, which is another sort of YouTube video competitor. But they do a lot more with ads and with paid content. And I think that the DTube stuff is... I don't, it seems like a little more like homegrown in some ways when you look at the website, but uh, but as I consider it, I think it's uh, you know it's ad free, uh, it's crypto decentralized. It, it's really it's interesting. Like when you log in, um, you don't really even use your email address or anything like that. It's just um, it's this cryptographic key that you log in with, and that's like your account data. And if and no one has it, so if you lose it, then it's gone. I think forever, you know. Uh, so it's it's kind of cool checking it out. Uh, you can go to the your page. You, know, you can uh, kind of upload media like you would on YouTube or something. It's a little slower though. It seems like that's that's definitely something that I was noticing. I'm trying to make an upload right now, and it's going fine. But I think it's a little bit slower than maybe some of the other uh, the other like YouTube or something like that. If you're uploading a 1080p video, it'd be more robust as a service. This is definitely like something um, some some piece of the internet that's being made. Uh, by people like you and me, so it's uh, it's kind of cool that it, it works at all, really. But yeah, I think uh, these uh, these DTube sites and DSound sites are are going to be kind of interesting media players, uh, not players like, uh, but just interesting kind of media side features that uh, that I think are kind of interesting as people are starting to maybe consider moving away from centralized services like Facebook and Microsoft and Apple and Amazon and and all that. So. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of and Google, you know, YouTube and Google and all that. But uh, but it's cool trying to check out the IPFS stuff and uh, get it connected. I uh, I was trying to upload some videos that I have on my YouTube page right now, and uh, I'm trying to download a bunch of YouTube videos also. Like a bunch of the YouTube videos that I have. There's there's a couple different features out there. There's like maybe one that you've heard before where you put SS before the YouTube domain name. And that'll send you over to a website called, I think it's like Save Form or something like that. And then you can you can download sort of a lower resolution uh, version of that that file, which saved me a couple, or you know, that helped me out a couple times. It was, uh, you know, audio and video of it. You can download it. I think it was ad-free. Uh, that it's, it was a website that kind of, you know, pushes you to buy stuff a lot, though, too, I think, the way the service works. I was also trying to check out this thing called uh, YouTube-DL, which was uh, like a YouTube downloader. Um, so I was trying to go through and download some of the videos that I had on YouTube, but that I don't really have like the same same clips from on my computer. So it's cool. I don't know. I've been going through and uh, checking out uh, some DTube and what is it? D sounds, distributed sounds, distributed audio. It's kind of cool uh, checking it out. So I'm uploading a video in the background right now on my laptop. It's a, like a screen capture video working in Lightroom and uh, going through uh, the editing of a photo. Uh, so I'm throwing that up there on DTube, which is um, like, I don't know, probably going to take forever to upload. It's it's kind of a larger, uh, I think it's like more than 10 minutes or something like that. It's more than a gigabyte. So it's like a bigger file for that network to take. So I think it takes like a little bit more time. But it's cool. I'm trying it out. And, uh, and I guess I'll kind of see how it goes. It's also cool too. I guess you can just you can publish websites to the IPFS hash tables also. Like if you write like a static HTML site or an HTML CSS site, um, I guess you can package that and then upload that 
and you will have a web link to go to that HTML site and it will pull up like it was pulled up on a server, which is pretty interesting. I haven't, I haven't really learned quite enough about it yet. I'm trying to figure it out a little bit more. I want to try and get a, like some kind of um, distributed distributed blog website up or you know something where you can, you can kind of update it uh, a couple times. I think there's another one called steepshot.io. That was this uh, this photo sharing website that I was checking out, which is kind of cool. It's still all of these are still in alpha. And I was having a hard time actually like getting stuff to upload when I was using it, uh, so it was kind of kind of interesting. But I think it's you know it's stuff that it kind of comes and goes as you're sort of an early adopter of some of the services. Uh, but I'm gonna try and uh, try and use Steepshot.io to, to continue doing some stuff too. That's another uh, distributed photo sharing site, which is kind of cool. It uses the I think I think when you post a photo, it, it posts it to the blockchain ledger. This is still sort of something that's out of my depth, it seems to me. But I think it's kind of cool that, uh, that yeah, you're able to do stuff like that and yeah, put put stuff up on the web and download it from the web uh, without ever really going through a centralized service. So it's kind of fun stuff. But um, in addition to that, I've been working on podcasting stuff. I've been working here in the studio, trying to get things going. I've been trying to get the the uh the keyboard rolling i think i've got it kind of figured out now so i've got the the keyboard and midi controller rolling and i've got my audio interface set up with the two channels which is kind of cool um trying to record into sonar right now instead of adobe audition which is interesting i'm applying a couple live effects in the uh the effects rack which is kind of cool or just kind of interesting like uh getting to check out how stuff is or you know like how, how different services and stuff work and uh and yeah it's cool um gatequalk lightroom was definitely built out to be a, a really capable multi-track recorder i'd used it years ago and stuff when scott and i were doing scott and robert uh we're doing the the studio audio studio stuff trying to record and do like multi-track band recording and stuff that was really fun really interesting but we all used uh sonar for that uh to kind of do the the multi-tracking for podcast recording it's probably a lot of overkill, you know, like uh, a whole bunch of different <laughs> different tracks set up to record, you know, I don't know, eight or 16 tracks of a band uh, for, for just recording one track of audio for a podcast and then maybe putting some some music bed underneath it. I think it's uh, it's working pretty well for that system right now. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Uh, trying to get into the, the audio stuff, getting a computer set up with it, having the keyboard set up is pretty fun too. I um I'm also trying to like look at audio or what is it like studio furniture. So I've been trying to like get the studio set up and uh, it's cool to get, you know, to work. Uh, that's kind of one of my things, but um, I've been trying to like go around and I was looking at yeah, like pictures on Google of different console desks. You could probably look that up like audio console desk or audio studio console or something like that. I don't know. You'll get pictures of it. It's just these, I don't know, it seems like really, really cool furniture desks. You know, like it's a built-out desk that in the middle of it is sort of lowered so that you can slide in this big 32-channel console mixer into it. And then on either side, you have all your control panels and stuff. You have your shelf with your computer monitor or whatever above. And then you have all of your control racks, your studio monitors, like your big uh, studio monitor speakers up on the sides kind of raised up against it. Um, but it was cool, yeah, kind of going through and seeing, like, the different kind of outboard gear that people put into their studios and stuff. And uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. You know, when I was looking up radio studios, too, and even back in my time of working in a radio station at KLDR, 
it was a uh, and I don't know, it was just interesting. Like they, the really radio stations don't have a lot going on. Uh, it's cool that they had a little bit of money and they were able to buy out like a studio or have a couple of production rooms or something like that. But, but really, man, a lot of the time when I look at some of the studio equipment, it's just sort of a a felt covered desk with uh, you know some electronics box that looks sort of like an amplifier. And then a headphone and a microphone coming out of it with like a yellow legal pad and just a couple cables running off the side of a desk. Uh, But it just looks like, you know, it's in some, I don't know, some fluorescent lit room uh, with, you know, just, just head. I don't know. There's like a guy doing a remote. I remember back in the day, uh, radio remotes used to be sort of like uh, uh, a big deal or, you know, you'd you'd do it for the marketing of it. (laughs) And uh, I was at an event a couple was maybe two years ago now. Wow, yeah, two years ago, I was at a uh, one of the football events, and they had a radio remote there. I, I was doing like a photo thing at a booth there, and they just told me like, "Oh yeah, like this uh, this radio station's coming in to do a radio remote. They're going to be set up right behind you." I was like, "Oh cool, that'll be like a thing." You know, I remember doing radio remotes. I had to do sticker stops, right? So I had a van. I had like a big, you know, colored, branded, wrapped van with like a an orange light on it that would drive around and uh, you'd give out free Dutch bros or something like that to people driving around. It was just sort of a radio promotion thing, you know, or, but you, you'd park, you'd have the light on, you'd hand out stuff, you know, it was kind of like an, a marketing implementation. Uh, and this was just uh, a, like, it was an old guy at, as an old guy, I think and his wife at a table with their iPhone and they had uh, like, I'm serious. I think they just had their like headphones, like they're just, they're white, iPod headphones in and they had called the station and they were just they were just talking and that was it not as fun as it used to be yeah so uh radio remotes are nowhere well I guess what they used to be or you know radio stations and all that even podcast studios and stuff when you look around at some of those it's uh or a lot of podcast equipment a lot of podcast uh production stuff is I guess pretty limited in, in what they're able to do and a lot of people are using like audacity maybe this h4n that I'm using too that's uh that's one of the common common audio recorder interface pieces but um it's cool i I like i like running it just to the sd card that works really well and i'm also finding out that i like it a lot too uh, running in and running the audio into the uh, computer as an interface you know the two usb interface i think it's working better than i thought it would so i don't know i'm having fun with it um i was gonna talk about right now well right now it's 3 55 a.m I've been up for a while, uh, and it's kind of become like a standard schedule almost for me, uh, kind of waking up maybe around 3 or 4 in the morning, uh, maybe getting back to bed around 6, but but really, probably a lot of the time it's just getting ready for work and, and sort of starting to get on with the day. So it's kind of interesting uh, waking up super early, but it's nice too. There's uh, you know nothing going on right now to distract me from doing some recording and some podcasting stuff, which is kind of fun. So I don't know. I dig the podcast, but... Um, I was trying to figure out some other stuff. So I've been getting back into the photo stuff, which I haven't really talked about much other than just what audio recording and uh, setting up a network. That's exciting photo news. Um, so as the photo stuff goes, I've been uh, been up, been busy, been working a lot. I just finished up a wedding this last week, finished up some other uh, client work, which I'm pretty busy with most of the time. But I'm not doing as much, I guess, like personal photo stuff as I want to do right now. So I want to try and get a hold of my camera and uh, and kind of fit in some just some fun trips out. You know, like uh, kind of go over to the 
there's a I think a, a river area that I want to check out and there's also like a couple uh, kind of hiking areas that I want to go over to and, and check out to do some uh, just kind of simple photo stuff but but really it's like the bigger like higher scale photo stuff goes I really want to get out of town and uh, head out toward like eastern Oregon and uh, I've been trying to set up some plans to do some camping stuff it's already like probably like mid-summer now you know so we've been in it for a little while uh getting through the uh the summer experience but i want to try and do some more camping stuff i think that's like a big push for big push for august this year august september and probably october too i want to try and get out and do as much uh as much outdoor stuff as i i can but um yeah it'll be kind of cool so i got uh i got august coming up and uh the rest of the i don't know Indian summer stuff that we might have after that. That'll be kind of cool to check out. So that'll probably wrap up some of the stuff that we're talking about now.